Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So just leaving the game, because I think, you know, we've said everything about the game that we need to say. I wanted, uh, something occurred to me, and Paul, you can chip in with this, because you've, you know, you've obviously been a player and had a few transfers. Kenny, have you got any, there's, there's the old cliche where a transfer happens at a motorway services. And I just wondered whether you had any 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 stories of weird places that you made transfers as a manager, or or you know anything that you'd heard or remembered about transfers happening in weird places. No, um, I don't think nowadays it's it's as a parent they've got mobile phones, haven't they? They can meet anywhere they want. They, they probably get. That much time in the hands now, they'll probably meet and have a beautiful meal and a good a wee baby. And but as before, when we were playing, it was you see the, the report in the newspaper. So and so was being transferred to somewhere, and he met the manager at the and one of the service stations on the M6, and they would have a cup of tea and get on there. Um, but I never, I only had one transfer, so things was pretty straightforward. We played uh, Celtic had gone to Australia. I never went, came back. And I was training with the reserves and everything whilst they were away pre-season. We went to play a game at Dunfermline on a Tuesday night. And we're sitting in the dressing room and I was back with the first team. So Jostein threw the ball to Danny McGrain and said, on you go, Danny, you take them out. Well, I was captain at that time. So the rest of the lads went, whoa, hold on a minute. Where are you going? I went, I'm going the same place as you. I'm going on the pitch. I said, I don't know. I said, obviously, I've upset him in some big joke. In some ways, giving Danny the captaincy. So anyway, we go out. We win. Uh, we come in. And uh, some of the, a press guy came up and said, oh, he said, Bob Paisley was at the game. I said, well, I don't know. I never left them a ticket. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. So, um, get back to Glasgow on the team bus. And I think Big Joke went back in the car. And I get back and I went to the father-in-law's pub and I get a phone call. Big Joke. I mean, there's no mobile phone. Well, I never had a mobile phone. If they were it. Phones at the pub. Right, he says, uh, do you still want to go? I says, well, Yes, please. He said, get yourself up here. He said, there's somebody here. He said, you might be interested in speaking to. So get yourself back up to the ground. I've only just left it. I went, okay. And it's 
half eleven at night or something. So get back up. Uh, Bob Paisley was there and, and John Smith, the chairman. So about 90 seconds later, I'd agreed everything. And that was me. They'll pick you up in the morning and and uh, take you down to Liverpool, get a medical charity shield Saturday. I says, okay. Just so Jock Steen, to be fair, picked us up uh, in the morning, drove us down to um, just short of the borders to meet up with Bob and, and John Smith and drove down and the rest of the the rest of the road with them. And that was me saying. Just to clarify, did you play in the game? or did, I know you were captain, but did you play in the game? Aye, we won. Aye, we won. Ah. I played, aye. So, all, the, all the, the fairy tale stories were done way back then, but I wasn't was uh, part and parcel of that. When you I heard them. And as a manager, as a manager, um, I, I, don't, I never had any strange places for meeting them. We met them. Actually, we met John Barnes. No name six, but just off the M six in a hotel. <laughs> and we met we we met we Peter up at uh, up at Parbo in a hotel up there. When he was Charlotte Richard. To, to, to yeah. No, no, no. The service station, a hotel, Gav. Ah. Gav, a hotel. Okay. In the toilet. In the toilet of a hotel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look at this, Paul. Look, your wee moi's no love to touch. Oh, oh brilliant, that, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. brilliant. I must brilliant. be talking rubbish if she's giving me a coffee to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, have you but told there, story? I remember one of the ones I remember, I'll tell you on in a minute, yeah, but I remember when I, I was only a kid because it, it's surreal things happen. I remember being a kid when you were manager of Blackburn and Shearer came to the house with the, with with Lania, to uh, yeah, with uh, to the uh, to the hat, and I was, it was mad, you know, like you're seeing this. Alan Shearer is now, and he was young at the time. Dad. What was he? Twenty one or something? Twenty two? Nineteen twenty. So he was 19. really young, yeah. So he 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 he, uh, he was in the house, and it was it was mad, you know. Next thing you know, he's he signed for Blackburn, and then fast forward, you know, a few years later, and then I end up. Playing with them, it was bizarre, you know, having, you know, being a kid and seeing them in the in the house, and then the next thing you know, you're playing in a game with them. It was madness. But I'll tell you a funny one, Gav. Um, so, you know, footballers and especially me and my dad have a little bit of a twisted sense of humour. Well, there was a guy. I can't tell you the names, but there was a guy, uh, a player, and we were a few of us were sitting down, and it was, you know. When you when you're not a top player, sometimes a transfer you you're just trying to get a club. You know, it might not be that you're you know trying to push your transfer through, but you're just trying to get a club. And there was a guy that was out of contract, and he dreamt he dreamt of playing for his hometown club, right? <laughs> so we were discussing our oh, so and so struggling to get a club. So I said, oh, well, he said oh, he really wants to go to his hometown club, and I said, well, let let's phone him, right, and pretend. That- with the club and we're interested. Right? So <laughs> we called him and we said, hey, uh, we put on a voice pretending to be the manager saying, hey, look, we're, uh, this is so-and-so. We're, we're really interested in signing you. Um, would you would you be interested in... Oh, yeah, I'd love to come. He says, well, listen, I'd, I'd like to speak to you in person. 
So he said, all right, 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 right. So we, 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 we arranged to meet him. We arranged to meet him in a hotel, what? right? We arranged to meet in a hotel. His missus is ironing his shirt. <laughs> they said, oh, you've got to look good. You've got to get to your hometown team. Ironing the shirt. He, he got in the car. He got in the car and he took off. We felt, we, he, we must have just got just to the hotel. We called him and told him it wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> He's never spoke to us since. Oh, not me, That's anyway. Any, any weird stories with your old, old transfers? Because you had quite a few in the end, didn't you? Did, were they all just standard? Did you ever meet anyone beforehand, or was it all done by the, on the phone? Where? For you, any of your chances? Yeah, I think like, I had a few. So the, uh, if I go back to the early days, when I was at Newcastle and I was, you know, what, what you used to do, it'd say you were at Liverpool or you're at Newcastle and you were trying to get a loan to try and get some some games or, or whatever, or you were, you, were, you were looking at someone else. What they used to do is they used to leave the reserve. The reserves they used to leave a guest list, so players would go out. You know, so say players were trying to get a loan, they'd go out and they'd look at the guest list to see which scouts were at the game because maybe the agents told them, "Oh, so and so's coming to watch you tonight," or so and so. And you'd they'd look at the guest list for the reserve game to see if if people were coming to watch them. But my uh, so that was that was kind of. One way people would look and see if someone was coming to watch them, um, and then obviously the the reserve game had a little bit more meaning there if you were you knew there was someone watching you. Um, but my, I guess the, you know, I, yeah, I've got a few few interesting ones. I remember when I was when I'd stopped playing for two years, um, I was actually sat at entry Racecourse with uh, Shearer and, and Mike Newell. And I must be, I, I let myself go, like drinking, put a bit of, put a bit of timber on, a little bit of an Ian Scaly going on. And Shearer says to me, look at the state of you. And I'm going, what do you mean? Just trying to have a beer. Leave me alone. He goes, look at the state of you. He says, well, you were, how are you not playing? He says, look at the state of you. You were playing with me up front. Look at the state of you now. He says, what happened to you? So Mike Newell was there and he said to me, he said, um, he said, uh, look, if you, he was, Luton had just been promoted to the championship from League One. And he said to me, he said, Paul, if you, if you, um, if you get yourself fit, I'll, uh, I'll give you a chance in pre-season. You can come in and do pre-season with us and get yourself fit again. And I was like, you know, it hit me. You know what I mean? It was like, sometimes that was probably what I needed to stop being, selfish or whatever or thinking it was everybody else's fault and I I put my beard down I went home got a cab went home started running on the sand dunes in, in Southport getting fit and then I phoned you if I said I want to get fit um, I want to come in so I went in went away with them to Bulgaria and it was funny I, I just got a phone call one day from um, Paul Lambert they, they were looking for a forward uh, and would I go up would I go up and, and train for a few days so Went up and trained for, I think it was only a day, maybe two days, and he, they offered me a contract. So that was probably the, the strangest one. And then from there, at Livingston, um, I transferred on deadline day. I played for six months, and, and Livingston were having trouble financially, and, and it was, I'm forever grateful to them for giving me the chance again. But I, I, was, I was doing really well for Livingston. I think it was captain at times. And... I remember they, they said, we want to keep you because I'd only signed a one-year deal. They said, we want to keep you. Um, you've done really well. We want to keep you. 
but and we want to make you this offer. <laughs> so they, they offered me a contract for less money, but for longer. And, and I was like, Paul Lambert's, he was almost embarrassed when they were offering me. And I said, Paul, I, I like it, but I can't. I can't sign for less money when, you know, I know Livingston having a hard time, but I, you know, I've only got a few years left in my career. So anyway, that was when Hibs came in and it was deadline day. And I was, I was, you know, it was late, late, late at night. Tony Mowbray was a manager at Hibs and the, the chief exec, um, at the time was saying, look, you, do you want to go? And I was going, yeah, I want to go. Um, and they said, well, uh, this was like, honestly, Gav, it must have been 10, 11 o'clock at night. And the deadlines, yeah. obviously, whenever. Yeah. And I had yeah, to... Lots of phone calls backwards and forwards. and Yeah, and like, the, I knew there was a deadline. And, and that was... I got a call and they said, right, get yourself to, to Easter Road. We've accepted an offer. And I had to drive and, and sign it over there. Um, but that was that was the, that was the that was the kind of tightest deadline, you know, because you know that if you do, if it doesn't go through by the deadline, then you can't move for another six months. Yeah, of course. If you're enjoying this video so far, please show your support for the Ken Seven channel by subscribing, clicking the like button, and also clicking the notifications button as well to get future broadcasts. If you could also share the video on your Twitter and Facebook account, that will show YouTube's algorithm that you like our content. Have you heard about Ken7 merchandise? The link is in the description of this video. We have premium fanware for fans covering Liverpool, Celtic and Scotland. And it's fanware for young and old. So we have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts caps, mugs, you name it, we've got it. Just something else to remember, every purchase that is made on our website, we donate to the Marina Dalgalish Appeal. So you're helping a great cause as well. Kenny, can I ask you something? You can say no, but can I ask no. you... Can I ask you... I always do that, don't I? And he always does the same thing. Can I ask you about the Suarez and Andy Carroll transfers? And what that was like at that time, because you just come in, Suarez was three, two or three days before the deadline, and Andy Carroll was on the deadline. What was that period like? What were, what do you remember about that those those few days? I came back after the game at Old Trafford on the Sunday, which had, <coughs> I came back to, and um, David Camoli was the director of football, and he said. Can you pop into the office when we get back just for I'll update you in a couple of things? So I went into the office and he says, Look, you, we need somebody, or do you want somebody to come in and work with you? And I said, Yeah. So he gave me a couple of names. He said, uh, Also, he said, we were chasing Suarez, we're watching Suarez for the Ajax. I said, Yeah, I know who he is. He said, We've got a chance of getting him. I said, Just get him. You so bought him obviously beforehand. Aye. Had you not been to watch him, Dad? Had you not been to to Holland? I'd been to Holland to watch a game, but he wasn't playing in it. But I right. knew who he was because there was a front three there, and they were brilliant. And he was he was just he was he was something else. So <laughs> Louis is on the cars. Damien's away discussing it. Uh, Fernando comes in and said. Uh, 
no reflection in anybody that's here that's come in. They said, because I've really enjoyed the training the past few days, but I want to go. So, so I'm thinking I'm going to have Suarez and, and um, Torres, Torres up front. Yeah. And then Torres says he wants to go. So anyway, we've got to go and try and get somebody at that late stage. And Andy Carroll was only off. And so as soon as they heard about, um, as soon as they heard about uh, Torres might be moving, the, the fee that we'd agreed to pay for Andy Carroll obviously went north. So we put Torres's fee up north as well. Then Fernando got his move to Chelsea, which unfortunately for him didn't work out. I think he had a problem with his knee. Mm. And uh, Andy Carroll came in. So the owner said that that's that's a good deal. I said, I mean, I'd been out of football for a few years. I thought, 35 million, a good deal. I said, Andy's good as gold, but for 35, he went, just look upon it as minus 15 million. I went, what do you mean? He said, well, you've, you sold Fernando and you've got another one in and it was minus 15 million. Then the two valuations. Well, I'm sure you'll have a go for us. And the big one, the big one, the goal he scored in the last minute against Everton in the semi-final and he scored a couple against Man City the, 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 oh no was it Man City yeah he scored a couple against Man City at Anfield he would have he'd love to have done more for the club and he could have done more but he was uh, Big Andy Big Andy did us a favour in, in many ways I was good lad as well dad wasn't he good, uh, good lad I was quite excited by that team because looking at it on paper, you've got Suarez is a different type to Andy Carroll and then you've got two of the best deliverers of the ball the previous season to get the ball in the box, Stuart Downing and Charlie Adam. You know, yeah. their, their assists from set pieces and from crosses were were probably at the top of the charts and it, it, it was strange that it didn't work out like that well, it did work out. If it hadn't been for the win to the post, we might have yeah. scored a few more. I think they got about, I think there was, somebody said it was 40 odd times they hit the, the woodwork, mm. which counts as being off target. Mm. It's only about two or three inches off target. Yeah. So then yeah. the goals are the same size for everybody. And if mm. you don't put them in, you don't get the points. So we never got the points, but the two cup finals. And the goalkeeper checked a great save for Andy Carroll against Chelsea when it was 2 1, right at the end of the game. See when you look back, see when you look back and you go, you look where Liverpool are now. And, and people forget it wasn't that long ago. If you look where Liverpool are now, and you know, a lot of that. A lot of where Liverpool is now is because of they've been able to uh, invest the money on players that have been sold. So the likes of Suarez and Patino have paved the way for us to invest. Um, if you look at the players that, you know, no disrespect, they've all achieved more in, in football than, than I did. So, but I'm talking purely as a Liverpool fan here. If you look at the players that you had 
and, and what Liverpool had at, at that time, it was night and day what it was, uh, what it is now. I mean, if you think of some of the names that were at Liverpool then and what you had to work with, it was, I mean, it's amazing how far the club's come in, in such a short period of time. But you know, the, you know one of the, the great things about that we spell by seeing like the younger boys coming through for a game, you know, like Flano, Regis Jack Robinson, yeah. huh? Jack Robinson as well, Raheem Jack Sterling. Robinson. He, Raheem. I mean, I remember with Raheem, eh? we played, we played uh, Man City, and yeah, yeah, Turi was playing, and he's a he's a big game. Yeah, yeah, he's a big fella, and we J is about five foot, and. The ball broke just at the start of the game. The ball broke, and we Jay and him are gone for it. And the wee man, the wee man cleared them out. He cleared them out, and the place erupted. The place yeah. erupted, and I thought, Jesus, that's broke. Yeah. <laughs> Need to try and find that tackle, Gav. We yeah, won three one anyway, and then Flano played the same game. Yeah, Flano. Well, that, Flano but that, and and with no, that was. That was what you had, right? I remember when, because I think that I think that season was the last season was going was going well, and I think that, and really until Lucas got injured, I think yeah. Lucas got injured at Chelsea oh, away. He, he was outstanding yeah, and, before that as well, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and and I think that that was that was that was when there was no replacement in the squad really to to replay. He was such a pivotal part. Um, that 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 really hurt, and then also, Dad. I mean, you've got to be lucky. I, I think, I I look back at your your managerial career. So obviously, I'm trying to have one myself now. But it's you've got to be lucky with injuries as well. If you look at if you look at Newcastle, the last year at Newcastle, Shearer gets is out for the season. Um, does his ankle at Goodison in a pre-season game, uh, and there was no replacement. Because Ferdinand had been sold, is that right already? And and it was so now you've got John Dal Thomason who needed to play with somebody who had a little bit more presence up front um, or off someone was now playing up front by himself, and it you know it wasn't it didn't really work out. And then obviously people just look at the results, you know they don't they don't look at the the situation. It's like Liverpool now with the injuries, you know you look now and, and you look you go okay. You know, without Virgil van Dijk, without whoever else for, for large large periods, it, you see what happens to the team. Uh, and this goes from the best team in the world going to what they are now. And it was the same with, if there was the same with, with you there, Dad, if, I'm, if I look back, it was how often did you have Gerard, Suarez, Carroll, ev- everybody in the team together fit and available? It wasn't very often at all. Um, and then Lucas as well. So it was... I think that one that you've got a availability. What I'm learning in management now is much more important than ability. And I think yeah. that most managers, most managers, kind of have success when the best players are available, and they mm-hmm. have hard times when the the best players aren't available. It's not rocket science. No, coaching is overrated a little bit. No, the coaching is an important part of it. Um, but obviously, the fitness and availability of players is hugely important as well. And you don't yeah. always have, as you said, you don't always have a, a supply chain that's just going to come in yeah. and replace them. How could people come in and replace some of the top liners? I mean, 
Yeah. Where, where, where else do you get a centre back like Virgil Van Dyke? You don't get them anywhere. So no. just go to you've got to go on with what that what you've yeah. got, the players that are at your disposal, and see as long as they give you everything, right? That they've got yeah. you've got to go along with that. That's but that's why Man City are so strong because they've got those numbers. If if one gets injured, they just put in another world class player. It's it's it's, it's well, last season they struggled when Laporte was out. That was one player. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Lost well, nine the, games. Yeah, I think that the way um, it, it's, I, somebody said to me once about football, they said it's like do the best poker players in the world do the best poker players in the world always get dealt the best hands? Um, and he said, no, they just make the most out of the hands they've been dealt. And I think that's what my dad's getting at. Yeah, everyone's going to get injuries, but you've got to try and make the most out of the cards you've been dealt. But sometimes if you've got a pair of aces, it's very difficult to to replace them if they're taken away. Yeah, you can't beat the aces. They're the top card, don't they? But, but at the end of the day, Paul, you, you've got to go on and you can't say, I yes. wish it him or wish that one was fit or wish this yeah. other one was fit. Every team gets injuries. Yeah, it's exactly. How cope, it's every, how you cope with it and how the players cope with it that dictate yeah. whether you're going to be successful. When you mentioned Shearer's injury there, we, we, we just got in the Champions League qualification. There was only one team and that was the league champions getting the Champions League and we finished second at Newcastle and we got in the Champions League qualifier against Dynamo Zagreb and got through we beat them and got through in the Champions League section but Shearer no being there was a spree of was fantastic against Barcelona that's, that's one of the great nights we'll have up there him scoring yeah. a hat-trick against Barcelona but you definitely need you definitely need a good bit of fortune it doesn't matter how good your team is, you still need good fortune. Whether it be avoiding injuries or whether it's uh, something hitting the post and getting in or hitting the post and coming out, it's dependent on a lot of things. But honesty, for me, is something that, that you cannot you cannot get away from. If you're, on, if you're a good player and you're honest, by the way, it's better than being a great player and dishonest. Brilliant. Listen, boys, thanks very much. Uh, enjoyed it we chat at the end there and um, if you're watching this on YouTube just give us a subscribe and uh, click the like button for the video but uh, thanks boys we'll see you again uh, in a month's time cheers Sports Social Podcast Network